You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. On this day in Packers history, this is from two years ago in 2017 on 12-12. We had just beaten the Cleveland Browns, and I basically just try to assess what that means. Um, not a whole lot else to say about it. Again, this is a recap episode, so this is not this is not anything to do with what's going on today. Just kind of a fun little exercise in uh, kind of seeing what things were like a couple years ago. So anyways, let's just hurry up and take our break, and we'll dive right into it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So where do we stand now? I hate that I, I cannot figure out how I feel about anything, ever. Um, there's so much mixed emotion about everything. Um, obviously, a lot of it is going to depend on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is coming back. If he's not coming back, then it's like, oh, why did we have to win all those games? Because <laughs> there's no way. No disrespect to Hundley. You know, I, as much as I give him a hard time, and I, I still, and I'll, I'll tell you flat out, I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. He is getting a little bit better. But until you can throw a 10-yard pass, um, you're relegated to a bench the rest of your life. But... He got us this far. He's been on a win streak against maybe the worst uh, teams in the NFL. But, hey, give him credit where it's due, I suppose. But we beat the Browns. And, it, you know, it, I don't know. I, again, the mixed emotions. On on one hand, and I'm, I'm referring back to the podcast that never was yesterday. Um, on one hand, I did lay out that this is actually, you know, we, we talk too much about good team, bad team. It's not just about good team, bad team. You know, well, this is the worst team. We should just steamroll them. Um not not necessarily um you, you got to look at matchup and i think that if you were to rank teams from hardest to easiest i don't think the browns would be the easiest team because of the way that they match up with the packers a team that has a very deficient 
passing attack. And the, the way that the Packers are successful, typically, at least um, the Packers, or excuse me, the Hundley-led Packers, the, the best and most efficient way they're going to move the ball is going to be with the run game. If, if you can get yourself in third and four or less, doing pretty good, right? When you're going up against the Cleveland Browns, who are number one in the NFL against the run, and you can't run, and you have to rely on Brett Hundley to complete longer passes, that's a nightmare scenario. Then you figure Josh Gordon, who is a very good corner, or uh, very good wide receiver going up against the Packers, who typically are pretty deficient, I mean, just talent-wise, not to mention all the injuries. It's just, it's not a very ideal matchup. On the other hand, something else I brought up, who cares, right? You know, to, to some extent we're talking matchup, but there's, you also have to draw a line at some point and say these teams, regardless of what they do well or not well, should be steamrolled, right? The Browns, yeah, it's not a good matchup, but is this a playoff caliber team? And that's one of the things where you walk away with a win and you still have a bad taste in your mouth. There's so much from that game got me excited. But at the end of the day, it was way too close. It just shouldn't have been that close. Why was it so close? I'll get to the players that I acknowledge played really well, but what is going on with this team? Because because the larger question is, who cares who the Brett Hundley-led Packers are? That doesn't matter to anybody, because we all know the Brett Hundley-led Packers are not winning a Super Bowl. The question is, who are the Packers with Aaron Rodgers if and when he comes back? And even though there's a lot more to it than this, it's a little disheartening to think that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers plus a team that's just a little bit better than the Browns. That's just not a very comforting feeling. We have to win out against actually difficult teams, actually good teams, unlike the string of horrific teams we've gone up against recently. Then when you get into the playoffs, it's just the best of the best. You know, it's it's the Seahawks, it's the Falcons, it's the Saints, it's the Rams, it's the Eagles. You know, if you make it to the Super Bowl, who, who are you going up against? The Patriots? I mean, it, it's nothing but difficult games from here on out. So, I'm again, mixed emotions. I'm torn because when I think about the bigger... When I step step back and look at the big picture, I'm saying... This team almost lost to the Browns. This team has consistently almost lost to really bad football teams. And then you add in Aaron Rodgers. It's just, eh, I wish it was a little better. But then you look at the pieces and you say, why can't this be a Super Bowl caliber team? What is missing? The injuries at corner are a little upsetting. And I, I, I haven't seen, you know, Pro Football Focus hasn't put out their grades yet. But let me just tell you flat out, Right now, I did see they have, uh, they always put out an article where they say, like, top five players. He wasn't on this list. I don't care. I don't even care if they give him a grade of four. I don't care what they say about anything. Demarius Randall is, I, I, I just, I want so desperately to just say he's a good football player now. I'm just terrified that as soon as I do it, he's going to regress. But I've been saying it for a while. There's something going on. He's playing a little better. He's not playing lights out. But this guy who is consistently out of the top 100, this guy who is consistently one of the worst corners in the NFL year after year, he started off the year terrible. Suddenly he's stringing together some pretty decent games. 
right? He's playing average, and then he's playing kind of good, and then it's good, average, good, and then he has a really bad game, but then he comes right back. And I'm looking at it going, you know, this, this, is, this is what I would call turning a corner. Then he goes up against Josh Gordon, and I'm thinking, this is the ultimate test. And I even said in the, um, the podcast that this, this is the ultimate test, but what do we really expect? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about a guy who's turning the corner into mediocrity, going up against maybe one of the best in the NFL. I mean, he, he, he went up against Casey Hayward last week, and he played really well. It was like four catches for 80, 40 yards. I know four catches doesn't seem like much, but there's also a lot of Deshaun Kaiser missed passes in the whole nine yards. He's, he's a very good football player. Now, on that very first play, I don't, I don't exactly know if Demarius was in coverage or not. I just remember vividly in my head seeing Josh Gordon wide open, way down the field, and Clay Matthews trailing from behind, and immediately I wanted to walk up into the booth and strangle Dom Capers, because that never should happen. But what I do remember vividly when I saw Demarius Randall was unbelievably physical football. I mean, this, this guy wants to play and does play physical. And I think you got to against these kinds of receivers. If if you're gonna tr- you know try to use your your skills right your 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 quick footwork and all this stuff to try to beat some, forget that man. These guys are too good. They're too fast. They're too strong. If you give them anything, the the quarterback to wide receiver you know connection or whatever is just too good. You got to be disruptive. Demarius Randall was was I mean, <laughs> we're a little fortunate that we don't have these penalty happy refs out there because I'm looking at a lot of this going that looked a little iffy I mean inside of five yards he's like riding him like a pony he's on his back like nope (laughs) not catching the ball over here I'm I'm sitting on his head you can throw it over here if you want and I've been saying it for a while too even you know occasionally you see somebody catches a touchdown over Demarius but even when they do, it's not like it used to be where it's you see Demarius running for his life trying to catch up, and it's like, oh, I suck. No. I mean, he is there. He's 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 as skin tight as you could possibly be. He's got his arm up, and it's just, you know, again, the receiver and the quarterback are just, they're on point. You can't even be mad at him. I haven't been mad at Demarius Randall in like five, six weeks. And now he went up against Josh Gordon. And I, I, you know, something else I mentioned in the last podcast. He had, what was it? He, he hasn't had very much time in the NFL. He's only played like 16 games, I think, once. But it, when I looked at yards per game average, he's like ranked number two. His 2013 season, I think, is like ranked number two ever. Calvin Johnson is the only receiver to ever beat his yards per game average with like 2,000 yards or something in 16 games and third was Julio Jones so I'm, I'm saying to put this in perspective and I know there's more stats than just yards per game but just just bear in mind because we haven't seen a big sample size from him this is a guy we're saying is somewhere between the range of Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones I just didn't want it lost on everybody how good he is Right? Yeah, he's been gone a long time. Yeah, he's got a drug problem. Yeah, he's been in rehab. You're never the same when you come out clean and sober. He was good because he was on coke. I don't know. This guy's good. He's real good. I'm, I I don't know. I don't want to spend the whole time talking about it, but I was just stunned how good Demarius was. And, and I think another reason I want to spend a lot of time on it is because this is exactly what needs to happen. 
We all know that the defense needs to improve if we're going to have a Super Bowl caliber team, but let's not kid ourselves. We're not when we say defense, we're not talking defense. We don't have a problem with our run defense. We don't have a problem with our linebackers. We don't have a problem with our defensive line. We don't even have a problem with our outside linebackers. Perry and Matthews are having a good season. We have a problem with our defensive backs, primarily our corners. And who steps up? Not it really stinks that Kevin King is on IR. It really stinks that Devon House, as bad as he's been playing, you know, we, we need some of these guys that have the ability to, to be able to step up. And one of the guys that has the ability is stepping up right now. Haha Clinton Dix. He he was struggling all year. I don't you know, there's theories. Um, you know, he didn't have Morgan Burnett next to him in the whole nine yards. It doesn't matter. Bottom line is he's he's coming back. Something that's really going to help him if we can put Morgan Burnett back at safety. Who needs to really step up with all the injuries, with all the stuff that's going on? It, it, you know, if we're going to try to put somebody at maybe slot corner so we can get Morgan Burnett moved back or wh- whatever it is, who's maybe one name you think needs to step up? Who comes to mind? Somebody that we had a lot of hope in, that maybe had a good start to the season, that has just been trash ever since. Who would it be the right time to, to have something just click? If you were to ask me that question, the answer would be Josh Jones. Right? He's that versatile player. We can put him in at inside linebacker. We can put him maybe at slot. We can drop him back at safety. You know, to, to, you know, we, we need a second safety or a slot or whatever it's going to be. We need another defensive back to step up. I mentioned Pro Football Focus has their top five grades out. Number one on that list, safety Josh Jones, 89.2 overall grade, playing lights out. Now, maybe it's maybe it's a fluke. I don't know. But for a rookie to have that good of a game, and, you know, it's the Browns, I acknowledge that, but he still played lights out. It, it's, it's, it's an important step. Who else is on this list? Safety, haha, Clinton Dix. Who else is on this list? Defensive lineman Mike Daniels, who's on here just about every week. Who else? Linebacker Blake Martinez. All defense. I, You know, I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe our biggest concern isn't our defense, but our offensive line protecting Aaron Rodgers and being able to, to, to get a run game going. I'm, I, I'm wondering if we maybe, and there's still three games, and what we're, what we're saying is, even though this is basically playoff football at this point, we're talking about wanting to see this team come together, and I keep using the term hardening, but I think that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing consistency. We're seeing solid, hard-nosed football, and Demarius Randall, I think, is embodying that, getting better every single week, improving and working up to the playoffs. Two of the five best players were both safeties, one of which is a rookie who everyone knows is a very good football player but just wasn't quite getting it, and he played the best of anybody on the entire team this last week. So again, what are we ta- mixed emotions, right? We almost lost to the Browns, but everything's coming together quite nicely. And, you know, things don't necessarily look good in terms of what needs to happen in order for us to get in. There's a lot of things that are out of our control. And outside of needing to win three in a row, there are things that are out of our control. But if, if I were to lay out, here are the things that the Packers need to be doing. These are all the things that need to happen in order for us to even have a chance. The first of those was, well, Rodgers has to be back by Carolina. I think Huntley can handle it up to Carolina, and then we'll see what happens. Well, guess what? 
I don't know if he's coming back, but that seems to be exactly where things are lining up. Well, we're going to need this defense to start playing a little better, especially the secondary. Guys like Demarius Randall, well, that's happening. Guys like Josh Jones, well, that seems to be happening. Kenny Clark is playing out of his mind. Again, I, if, if you were to pick who's better, Mike Daniels or Kenny Clark, it makes me sick to even think that I wouldn't say Mike Daniels because I got nothing but respect for him. He's the, the biggest monster on this team. I don't know if second-year player Kenny Clark hasn't surpassed him. You know, intensity and all that, Mike Daniels gets the award, but in terms of just solid football play, it's a tough competition. They're going back and forth. How about those linebackers? As of last year, we had nobody. We had Jake Ryan, who took you know a pretty good step from being horrible into being mediocre. Blake Martinez was terrible last year. It was primarily Joe Thomas playing linebacker. He was the only one that never left the field, and Joe Thomas is terrible. Now we got the Jake and Blake combo, and those guys are tearing it up. Not only did Jake Ryan take another step from mediocre to pretty good, and that just happened over the last three to four weeks as well. You talk about, again, hardening. He, he, he kind of almost took a step back for a while, and it's like, oh, no. We can't have people regressing. Well, all of a sudden, he's, you know, talk about, you know, the, the uh, Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark competition. Who's better right now between Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez? I know we want to say Blake Martinez, but over the last four or five weeks, I think it's been Jake Ryan. But it's a competition that I am more than happy about. Who's better? And we're not talking about who's better because they're both terrible. I'm talking about two guys that are playing really, really, really good football. I mean, Jake Ryan is, <laughs> he is Mike Daniels uh, of the linebackers. Or Blake Martinez. Did I say Jake? I don't know what I said. Blake Martinez is the intensity of that guy. You can hear him screaming on the camera. Well, part of it is because it's the Browns stadium and they're just, its you can hear a pin drop there. But, you know, tight coverage, really, really fast to the ball. Both of these guys slicing through defenders, making tackles in the backfield. I mean, the run defense of this team, I mean, you, if you can have a guy like Aaron Rodgers on the field so our defense isn't on the field for 37 minutes, and if we can have cornerbacks that, that step up and they, they can make big third-down stops and they can get off the field so they're a little more rested, I mean, this run defense can be very, very, very good. We've seen it for about three quarters. This is one of the top run defenses. You know, fourth quarter, they start getting gashed. But in general, things are just lining up. And I think just as a Packer fan, with the experiences that I've had, that we've all had, you look at this and you just start to feel like this is going to happen. Because we've seen this story play out, and it's it's different every year how it happens. But I, I, I swear, if there was any argument to be made for the uh, NFL scripting, um, you know, the games or whatever, it would be the Green Bay Packers. Because you couldn't write this stuff. Every single year there's something like this. And it feels impossible. And every year it becomes more and more impossible. On a big scale in terms of just being able to get in and needing to run the table and the whole nine yards. And keep in mind, when we started running the table, we were more than three games out. Rodgers can do three games. But I'm not just talking about a, on a big scale. I'm talking about on a small scale. Look at these, these last-minute comeback wins, and it's already started. I know Hundley's not everybody's favorite, but we just won two games in overtime. We've been in playoff football for several weeks now. The last two weeks in a row, maybe we didn't realize it, but the last two weeks we've been in Super Bowl football, and Brett Hundley has lead us, led us to overtime victories. It's already beginning. It's already started. I hope you got your popcorn because the show started two weeks ago. Run the table started. And Brett Hundley, say what you want about him. 
and I, I don't care for him <laughs> as a quarterback. You know that. But he did that. And I, somebody else that needs a lot of credit, Mike McCarthy. Everybody's talking about got to fire him, got to fire him, got to fire him. This guy, Brett Hundley's got, you know, one arm tied behind his back. He's got a, a, a club foot. You know, I'm speaking metaphorically, but this guy has so many handicaps, so many deficiencies. And the question is, what is Mike McCarthy going to do to overcome these deficiencies? Look at how efficient this offense looks. Brett Hundley hasn't gotten that much better. He's, he's, he's done important things, you know, the whole stepping up in the pocket, whatever. He's not that much better, though. He still can't complete a 10-yard pass or more. He's still throwing horrible passes. Every single thing we're doing, it looks like the playbook is about, you know, I mean, you could write it on the palm of your hand. But Mike McCarthy has crafted this thing so that the offense is able to just march down the field as though Aaron Rodgers were commanding it. Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to do with the little that he has. This offensive line is in shambles. His quarterback can't do anything. Rookie running backs, wide receivers whose skill sets are erased. You know, Jordy Nelson, the, the guy, he, he just he can't operate in this system. Devontae Adams is basically his only real receiver right now because the stuff that Jordy does well, it's like, well, Hundley can't complete those passes. So find out what the strengths are and try to create this new offense that'll operate. And it, it just keeps working, and they keep marching down the field, and every time they get a first down, it just blows my mind. That's Mike McCarthy. So, the, you know, and I, I, I said, and I was, I was right there with you, everybody is on notice right now. Because Aaron Rodgers is gone, so now the real audition starts. And I think Mike McCarthy passed with flying colors based on what he's been able to do with what limited um, playmakers he has right now. Ted Thompson's been in hibernation like he always is, so pass-fail it is what it is. I don't know. As much as there's really nobody in free agency or out there that I feel like we should have picked up, just from the standpoint of sending a message to the team, I thought it would have just been kind of cool, especially with the defensive back injuries, to just go get somebody. The injuries would have been the excuse, and the message to the team is we're going all in. We're, we're, we're confident that we are a playoff team. We're going to make it in. We're going to run the table. And we're going to uh, supply this team with whatever you need. I, I don't know. I think that would be a good idea. But he's, he's uh, deep in slumber, so it is what it is. He's preparing for the draft because that's, uh, that's his big, big moment. And Dom, I, just, I don't think I'll ever come around to Dom. Um, I don't know. I, I, I see a defense that has really good players and really bad stats so in my mind I'm putting that on Dom maybe I'm wrong I don't know I don't care um capers can uh feel free to reach out and tell me why I'm wrong otherwise which will never happen I'm content to sit here and say I'm not a big fan of Dom capers but looking forward now what needs to happen obviously Aaron Rodgers needs to come back that's a given if he doesn't come back you know I I guess I shouldn't say it's impossible the Carolina Panthers have been good, and they've been horrible. Who knows? Minnesota Vikings are very good, but you know they, they have so many deficiencies, it's not impossible to think that they could start a losing streak. Now, even a struggling Vikings team, I have a hard time believing Hundley's going to overcome it, especially since their defense is their strength, so you talk about bad matchups, there you go, but, you know, whatever. 
And then the Lions in Detroit, you know, I guess it's pot. But, you know, listen, it's a long shot with Rodgers, without him. You know, I, I can play this game where I talk about maybe, but that, let's face it. Rodgers comes back or we're pretty much done. From there, we need a little additional help. One of those would be um, the Vikings need to lose out. Now, obviously, we're assuming that they're going to lose to Green Bay. That's already an assumption. Beyond that, they would have to lose to Cincinnati and Chicago. Uh, so we can probably scratch that. That's not going to happen. <laughs> it's, I mean, look, Chicago has that weird ability to beat teams they shouldn't beat. Cincinnati, it's unlikely, but again, the Vikings, they, you know, it, it feels like a bubble. Right? You talk about, in economics, the bubble. Just this overinflated thing that never should be to begin with, and then it all just starts to fall apart. So I would say that's a long shot of all long shots. Beyond that, that is that is option A. I'm, I'm reading this off of a, a thing I found on Facebook, by the way. Option B, we need two of these uh, five scenarios to happen. Two of them. Seahawks lose one remaining game. They play the Rams, Dallas, and Arizona. I think that's very, very, very possible. I think that's maybe the most likely of all these things. Uh, obviously, the Rams are a very good football team. Dallas is a talented football team, and Arizona is a divisional opponent, as bad as they are. Seahawks seem to struggle with those divisional opponents. I, I find it unlikely that they win three of their next three, so very likely. Um, Panthers lose basically two games. Um, obviously, they have to lose to us, but they have to lose one additional game. They're playing Tampa Bay and Atlanta, both divisional opponents. Atlanta, obviously, a very good team. They've had their struggles, whatever. Um, and Tampa Bay, you know, not very good, but a divisional opponent. I would say that's also, I don't know. Do, do they win two of those two? I don't know. I, I, I guess I would probably lean toward 50-50. Um, the next scenario would be the Falcons need to lose two, which I guess the good thing about that is if the Panthers win out, then the Falcons already lost one, right? So if, you know, the, the good thing about this scenario is if the Falcons beat the Panthers, then there's a good chance that we're, we're set, that winning out does it, because the Seahawks, I don't think, are going to win three of three. If the Carolina Panthers win out, then the Falcons need to lose one ag- one additional game. They're playing Tampa Bay and they're playing New Orleans. So, again, Tampa Bay holds the. If Tampa Bay goes on a tear here and starts beating all these teams, we're set. Because <laughs> if they beat the Panthers and the Falcons, we're good to go. So Tampa Bay needs to be your second favorite team going forward. Either way, um, if they lose to New Orleans. Um, then we're, we're basically set. Because if they lose to New Orleans and lose to Carolina, then they're out. If they lose to New Orleans and beat Carolina, well, then they beat Carolina and we're set either way. So losing to New Orleans, the Falcons, is huge. And if Tampa Bay knocks them both out, we're set. Especially with the Seahawks being unlikely that they win three uh, in a row. Beyond that, another scenario, the Rams lose at Seattle, San Francisco, or lose their remaining three. So another team that's that's kind of in the mix here. Um, if they lose to Seattle, that's a good thing. If they beat Seattle, even better, right? If, if Seattle wins, it's kind of like, oh, shoot, now they have to lose to either Dallas or Arizona. However, Rams just lost, so we're, we're kind of kind of moving the, the ball in that direction. And the last one is another one that's intertwined. Um, basically, you just need the NFC South to implode because it's the Saints losing their remaining three. Uh, very, very unlikely. I don't know the status of Alvin Kamara. That is going to make somewhat of a difference. But um, 
you know, again, if they beat the Falcons, if they lose to the Falcons, then they're on track to lose their remaining three. If they beat the Falcons, well, then we're, we're set. So we, we definitely want Seattle to lose. I think we want the Saints to beat the Falcons. Um, and the, I don't know, those are probably the two biggest things. We want the Saints to beat the Falcons because, again, if the Saints beat the Falcons, then regardless of what happens with the Falcons-Panthers game, we should be set. If the Falcons lose, then they've lost two. If the Panthers lose, then they've lost their one. So it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to be rooting for going forward. And then beyond that, you know, again, not only do we need all the stars to align, which I, I don't think is, is all that unlikely. I think looking at this schedule, I think it would be unlikely that the Packers are left out. It seems just, just because it's so intertwined, you know, there are scenarios where regardless of who wins, it's going to help us. So I, I, I just feel like if the Packers win out, I think there's going to be a spot available for them. So we got to win out. We got to get a little bit of luck here with this schedule, and beyond that, we got to continue to harden and become a playoff-caliber football team. And I think we're on our way. You know, the offensive line, as as much as they are deficient, as many problems as they have, they've been together for a while now. Um, you know, knock on wood, but the the injury side of it has been minimal. And these guys are starting to work together a little bit. As much as I don't like seeing Spriggs on the field so much, um, haven't been screaming at him nearly as much either. I don't know how well he's doing out there, but it hasn't just been sack after sack after sack off the right side. So he's he's at least improving to some extent. These We're really starting to see something special with these running backs. Jamal Williams is, is really, really stepping up. Aaron Jones has become a solid contributor. Ty Montgomery um, will likely be back at some point. He's a versatile weapon that we're going to need trevor davis i forgot to mention him you know it was just one play but that may have been the reason we won that game very important play he is the kind of difference maker that can win you i mean when we're talking playoff football we're talking about the little details and having a guy just on one play that can do something like that that could be the difference between winning a playoff game and elimination i mean that was the difference in the browns game trevor davis is a, a very serious weapon that's awesome that we have him these wide receivers are going to be unleashed if we have Aaron Rodgers back. It's not just going to be the Devontae Adams show, which, by the way, I don't think I mentioned it, but that guy is playing lights out right now. If we didn't have him playing as well as he's playing, we don't win any of these games because he's he's the offense. Him and these running backs are it. It's all we have. There's this limited playbook, and there's only so many things he can do, and Devontae Adams is showing the depth of his skill set that he's able to operate in this very limited system the strength i mean he's he's sort of the the strong go up and get it football player just throw it to me i'll be the one to catch it some of these throws are terrible they're in really tight coverage they probably should be picked but he's just too strong he's going to jump out and he's going to snatch it he's playing really really well he's continuing to improve he's going to be an unbelievable weapon when rogers comes back but just think suddenly we're going to have Jordy and Cobb back on the field because it feels like they haven't been on the field. We haven't really seen them unleashed because for whatever reason, Hundley just can't really do what they need to have happen. Does that make sense? All the stuff that Randall Cobb does well, Hundley, eh, I can't really do that. Jordy Nelson, right? The, the deep post down the field, eh, can't quite, can't quite throw it down there. That's an automatic pick. Let's just not even try it. Rodgers, I mean... Jordy's had guys beat. I mean, we're talking touchdown. Rodgers hits those. There were a couple plays against the Browns. They the the announcers mentioned it. Mentioned it. You know, you got a tight end open down the middle of the field. Hundley missed them. Rodgers hits that. Rodgers dominates the Browns. 
And by the way, before I close this out, what we need finally is a fired up, angry, and motivated Rodgers. And you tell me, watching that game against the Browns, seeing Rodgers on the sideline fighting and clawing and scratching, he looked furious because he felt like this this opportunity for him to come back and play and, and get into the playoffs and have a shot at the Super You tell me he doesn't believe it. You tell me he doesn't think he's coming back. What is he so fired up about on the sidelines? You think he doesn't think that this team has a shot? You think he doesn't want to come back and just dominate? He knows full well that if this game, if we win this game, there's a good chance he's coming back and he has a chance to light this league on fire. And he's watching this opportunity slip away. That's why he was getting so fired up and angry on the sideline. That's why he's screaming in Mike McCarthy's ear. He's over there calling plays. Did you did, did you notice that? He's over there screaming in Mike McCarthy's ear, and McCarthy's looking at it like, oh, yeah, 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 that's a good call. Here's what we'll do. Here's what. Here's the play. Rodgers isn't playing around anymore. He basically just grabbed the call sheet and said, this is what we're doing. He's ready. He is ready. He is fired up. You can call that Vikings game a win because he will not lose to them. I mean, his first game back against Car- I, I don't. I don't, I just, I feel like we're going to see the best Rodgers we've ever seen. And th- this team... Outside of it, as much as you look at it and go, oh, they almost lost to the Browns, they suck. Do they really, though? You think Jordy isn't going to play lights out? You think he isn't starved? You think Devontae isn't going to continue to dominate? You think Randall Cobb isn't going to be seeing a lot of the ball? You think these tight ends aren't going to start getting a little bit of distribution? You think this running game isn't going to open wide open when all of a sudden there's no more stacked boxes? Because they're not playing run, they're playing pass? Aaron Rodgers coming back to the the best defense he's seen in a while, even with the injuries. Suddenly, this team has corners. Josh Jones playing good football. You got Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels playing lights out. We need good news on the injury front. I have an inkling that we're going to hear it. You know, a lot of people are saying, I think the Packers know they're just holding out. We'll see what happens. It's probably going to be a lot of waiting and worrying and anticipating and it's going to be a devastating blow if we find out that he's not playing but I I just I feel like the stars are aligning I feel like things are coming together I feel like the way that this goes every single year with the Packers finding some miraculous way in everything is coming together it just can't end that way it can't end with news that he's not ready and we get eliminated by the Carolina Panthers because Brett Hundley isn't good enough I just it's impossible. It's the exact same way I felt about the Super Bowl against the Steelers. We overcame so much, I just sat back and I said, we're not going to lose this game. We can't, because it cannot end that way. I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to some cosmic force, but it just it can't end that way. You can feel it. It's set up. It's ready. The table is set. Time to run it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. You folks enjoy your Tuesday I will plan on being back here to um, do the Pro Football Focus episode probably Thursday, Friday. We'll see how that goes. Um, But anyways, you folks enjoy your week. Uh, Go Pack Go. And uh, let's hope Rodgers comes back because I think we're going to see some really exciting football games in the very near future. Have a good day. I'll talk to you later. Uh, Bye-bye.